This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm uh, your host, uh, Chris Beasley, the Echo's Everton uh, reporter, and I'm joined by uh, Andrew Musgrove uh, from the Castle Chronicle. How are you, Andrew? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. For yourself? I'm good, thanks. We just... Uh, Going through these formalities, we've actually been chatting to each other for the last 20 minutes or so anyway, kind of repaying the favour now um, to speak about from an Everton perspective, to speak um, to uh, somebody on Newcastle United's side of things. Um, going into this fixture, um, Andrew, uh, obviously Newcastle had a great season last year and we know about all the great players they've got, but they're, they're actually a bit down to the bare bones at the moment. Quite a few players are missing. Are you able to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, they've got probably 12, 13 players maybe missing with, with injury. And the latest one is, is Nick Pope, who has been fantastic for me, arguably the best shot stopper in the Premier League. I know your listeners of yours might uh, argue uh, with me about that, but he is now going to be out for four to five months. And it's, it's Newcastle's look with injuries. It's one of those where you're literally just scratching your head. And we were sitting there on Saturday when Nick Pope sticks his hand in the air. You, you instantly knew it was bad. And you're just shaking your head thinking you, you just can't believe it because there have been some really weird injuries. Uh, Dan Byrne getting wiped out by Joe Linton and knacking his back up. Elliot Anderson just getting out of bed and, and knacking his back up. Then you've got Nick Pope um, yeah, dislocating the shoulder, Jacob Murphy doing the same injury. You know, some really strange injuries. But that said, you cast out of some coping. And when you look at the list of players who are out, plus Sandra Snarley uh, being banned, there's no way Newcastle United should be top of the form table. Last 10 games, 23 points. It shouldn't be happening, but somehow, somehow, they're just getting through it. And it is testament to Eddie Howe and, and, and the players who have had to come in and the players who have always been there as well, who have in, who've somehow escaped this bad luck of injuries. You know, everyone stepped up and it's, 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 it's a miracle in many ways. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the, the the different nature of the the injuries. There, is it? Do you think it is just an unfortunate an unfortunate sequence of events? There, there's no there's no sort of greater cause. It's nothing down to the methods that are being implemented up there. I don't think so. I think it is yeah. just just bad luck. Like like I mentioned, the, the injury uh, Dan Byrne got. He goes up for a header, um, and he's just unfortunate that he clatters into into the tank that is Joe Linton, and then he falls yeah. from great height. I mean. Dan Byrne is what six foot seven. You fall from the height he's jumped, you're going to knock yourself, and he has done that. Nick Pope, he's dived for a ball, and he could do that a thousand times that same same dive and never get the same outcome. It's just real bad luck. I know Eddie Howe's teams are set up to press high. They're full of energy. They're full of running, but I don't think the injuries we've seen are a direct consequence of that at all. No, no. I suppose. Like you said, the fact that they're, they're able to get the results anyway, that shows a great sort of resilience within the squad and the great, must be team spirit as well, the, the fact that they're going, I remember actually going back a long time now, but uh, Everton had terrible injuries in the in the 86-87 season and that was the year when they, they last won the league and they, it was almost like um, it just gave them that sort of greater push to go to, to go on really in, in terms of um, their determination to get the results, whoever the manager was putting out there. Mm, yeah, I mean, the team spirit is absolutely crucial. And we saw that in the game against Manchester United. Newcastle United have got that commitment to the club, to the badge, to the shirt. They want to run the extra mile for the manager. They, they buy into the project. They, they want every ball. You know, every 
tackle has been cheered, every pass, every you know run, and, and the spirit is what is what is key. And sometimes that matters more than ability, um, and it, it is pushing them through. And I think you know we look at Jamal Lasalle, for instance, Newcastle United are missing Sven Botman, who is one of the best defenders in the Premier League. They've had to turn to Jamal Lasalle, who hasn't played all that much football uh, before this injury to Botman, but he's come in. And in the games he's played, which will be coming up to, well, it's probably more than, than than a dozen now. He's probably put in five, six man of the match performances, including keeping Mbappe quiet when PSG came to St James's Park. And I think the spirit, the commitment, and just buying into what the manager is doing, plus the relationship with the fans, it it does. It just it, just, it, it makes these players on the fringe of fringe of things when they get their opportunity, it makes them step up. It, it makes them want to step up and it makes them want to train day in, day out to the highest level possible. So when they get their opportunity, they know they're in a position to take it. Yeah, and the, and the one player who has been stepping up this season is one Evertonians know all about, uh, Anthony Gordon. He's, he's, he's certainly a different type of player than the, the, the player, dare I say, that Newcastle had last season. Tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And, I think everyone will will look back to that game against Brentford last season when he was subbed on and then he was subbed off and he he didn't like it. There was a, a reaction which which wasn't a good reaction, and I think that angered some people. But Eddie Howe, you know, give him a second chance, and he, he's worked with him. And what we are seeing from Anthony Gordon now, Castle's informed player, absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, the problem with that left flank before Gordon arrived was you had Alan St. Maxman who the ball at his feet, he would dazzle defenders. He could he turn left, right, behind, and he, the defenders couldn't handle him. But what you didn't have was end product and what you yeah. didn't have is someone tracking back and helping out. And Anthony Gordon has both those. He might not have the tricks that St. Maxman has, but he's he, what he does is very simple. Gets the ball, runs at the defenders, gets past the defenders, puts the ball in the box, or takes a proper goal and he's scoring goals, but he's also getting back and helping the defence. And, you know, it's testament to him for for working hard. It's testament to Eddie Howe for looking at a player who, I'll be totally honest with your listeners and viewers, not everybody wanted. When he was signed in January, it, people, some people thought it wasn't the, the priority. Others questioned his attitude because of how it went at Everton towards the end. Mm-hmm. But... Those who made made the decision at Newcastle have been proven right, and you've got to give credit to everyone, including Anthony Gordon, for knuckling down and working really hard, and, and getting to the stage now where really he's knocking on Gareth Southgate's door, saying, "Why on earth am I not in this um, in this England squad?" Yeah, you talk about that um, that that change, um, and how will feel totally vindicated. Now and making that move and it's it's paying off for them. Do you think there was actually a moment where it did change for them? Or was it just a, a gradual process of just just learning to to sort of uh, meet the, the requirements that was needed from him on the side? Yeah, well, I think as he hadn't played football consistently for quite a while before he joined Newcastle, he was always yeah. going to have to take a wee while to get up to scratch. Um, and we know with Eddie Howe's side, you know, the fitness, the stamina, the work rate has to be there. Otherwise, everything falls apart. Uh, but, you know, I think it's probably a mix of both. That that afternoon against Brentford and his reaction to being subbed off, I think that was probably a, a very delicate moment. Yeah. But Eddie Howe handled, handled it 100% correctly. And 
someone pointed out uh, earlier this week that in an interview with uh, Jay Humphries on the the, the the High Performance podcast, there's a quote um, in which Eddie Howe says something along the lines of, you know, everyone gets a second chance. Uh, and, and that's what Gordon got. And he's been asked about it recently. He said, look, he's always had my trust. He's just had to get to the stage where he understands what we want from him. And it's 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 paying dividend now. Yeah. And uh, he certainly won for the big occasion as well. And, you know, he always thrives off sort of that, that, that energy from the crowd. So, like, you know, he's like to be getting a, a hot reception, but you think he'll, he'll just thrive on that. Oh, 100%. There's, there's a, a, a thing that happens at, at St. James's Park uh, quite often is is when the first challenge goes in or um, when Newcastle United get their first corner, there's, there tends to be a player who goes to the crowd and, and raises his arms and gets yeah. them going. And it's usually Anthony Gordon or Joe Linton, to be fair. And I think Anthony Gordon just he just relishes that kind of cauldron of noise, and he understands um, how to channel it. And 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 in that instance, he understands how to get the crowd going and, and he, how that'll work to his benefit. On Thursday, he will get a, a very harsh reception, one would imagine, but he will take that on board and he, he'll bottle that and he'll know exactly how to use it in, in those ninety minutes that he plays for Newcastle. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, on the flip side of things, we were actually discussing this before um, with, with Jordan Pickford. Obviously, he's an ex-Sunderland player and uh, he's always seen to be plenty a stick going his way. I mean, is, is it just the way that Pickford is as a character? Is it because he's a, a, a former a Sunderland player? Eh? I mean, should a bit more light on that particular sort of rivalry and banter. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you mention it because uh, your listeners have probably seen the FA Cup draw and the, the time where Derby is back for the first time since 2016. I mean, amazing that draw is uh, that come out to Newcastle will travel to Sunderland on, uh, well, in a month's time in the FA Cup. So that'll be uh, quite, the, quite the clash. But in, in terms of Pickford, look, any Sunderland player who did well for Sunderland and he played, to my memory, during the run in which Sunderland were very successful, I'm not mistaken. Um, but look, they, they will always get stick. Anyone who's played for a long time will always get stick from the fans. I think the fact that he has reacted to it in yeah. certain uh, times in, in recent seasons just inspires the crowd to go more. It's like when you're a kid and you're playing knocking knocking nine doors and the, the one house that opens the door and chases after you and you know you're going back there the day after and the day after and the day after. You know, that's kind of the same thing. And if Pickford was just like, Yeah, I'm not that bothered, I don't think he'd get half the stick. But we we all know about that three two victory for Newcastle um when Rondon and, and I I always Perez got got the goals in the second half of that game. I remember sitting in the press box and watching Pickford walk down the tunnel and then some fans had got above the, the entrance and he, you know, he, I mean, didn't much, didn't sort of flip them off, but he, he wasn't too far off from, you know, doing yeah. something. And that, that riled the crowd up and you, you're just thinking he didn't need to do that because that definitely played into Newcastle's hands in that second half. Newcastle were in his, in his head. Um, and from an Everton point of view, you just have to hope he's, he's, he's matured and he just doesn't, he doesn't let him, let, let it impact them because, the first sign of weakness that he shows on Thursday with with the you know with the chance and what have you, you know Newcastle fans will be even more on his back. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously uh, there's been a huge reaction from the Everton fans in terms of the the, the ten point reduction and uh, that's con- continuing now uh, and will will continue to 
be a lot, uh, uh, certainly until the the uh, the result of the the appeal come comes through, and we we have to see how that one goes one way or or the other. Just as as, as an outsider, um, what what has the thoughts been up, up on Newcastle seeing this? Because it means they, the biggest points deduction in English top flight history. You know, over one hundred and thirty five years, nobody has been, ever been punished as harsh. Yeah, I think from a Newcastle point of view, it reaffirms why they're being so careful with financial fair play because yeah. they don't want to face something similar coming down the track, whether it's whatever they've had or what Man City may have in, in, in the coming months. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about why Newcastle being so cautious. You know, they're the supposed richest club in the world, but this is exactly why because they are rules and you have to um, adhere to them. Look, you don't ever want to see a, a club going down in circumstances like this where they where it's not solely based on the football um, yeah. and I'll admit I, do, I don't know too much about it but you know the rules are there Everton I don't think Everton are arguing that they've broken the rules they're arguing I mean correct me if I'm wrong but they're arguing against yeah yeah that's, that did change at first they were but then as it went along they're now not dispute and, and I think it's look we you know the Premier League have got its um <laughs> got some issues and and they never seem to change the rules, they never seem to do the simple thing. I, I look at the Newcastle United takeover and, you know, the talk of, you know, a state-owned club, should that be allowed? No. But have but have the Premier League really changed the rules to stop that happening down the line? Not really, if you look at what they've actually done. And I think, I, I just wonder with, with Everton, of, of whether they're setting the example, they're using Everton as the precedent uh, to say, Hey, look! If you break the rules, this is what's going to happen. And, and I get from an Everton point of view, you're going to be massively angry at that. From a football point of view, if Man City, if it comes to Chelsea, if it comes to any other club, and they're shown the same punishment, the same harshness in terms of the rules they're broken, and obviously with Man City, given it was 115, uh, you know, supposed alleged charges, alleged, you know, the, if the punishment. Is is in the same bracket, which it would be a lot worse. Then you know maybe there wouldn't be so much argument. But it's, I think it all it all depends on on what happens to Manchester City, um, really. And then if they don't get handed down a similar punishment in relation to the amount of charges, then I, then I, then yeah, I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd be I'd be questioning it somewhat. Yeah, and like you say, there's a sort of like an an example for Newcastle because. I know it's certainly not to the same extent. They've not got the money that, that uh, Newcastle owners have got. But, I mean, Farhad Mashiri chased the dream in his early years at Everton, didn't come off. And this is all the, the, the repercussions of that, I suppose, on the one hand. Newcastle done well because before they even spent the big money to... Obviously, they did spend money, but not like you say, not gone crazy. But uh, got into the Champions League straight away. So that's going to be a big help. So you're generating a lot more funds. But, you know, it is a cautionary tale, um, the Everton tale for Newcastle. Yeah, for me, it's you, you look at Everton and, and, and what they did, and you 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 hold it as an example of 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 one to learn from. Yeah, you know, I think again, this is me looking from the outside in. With Everton, there was there was so many different uh, kind of characters at play. And yeah. I think what Newcastle United have done really well is they've got a director of football in Dan Ashworth, who works who works with Eddie Howe and then there's, there's the chief scout and they're all together. They're all singing off the same hymn sheet. And it looked like at Everton there was there was different people trying different things, you know, buying players that not necessarily the manager wanted, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
and it left them with a squad, an inflated squad um, of, of players who couldn't really fit in. And we saw that with Rafa Benitez. We've seen it with, with, with other managers. And I think Sean Dyche has actually done a decent job trying to clean up the mess, really. And I, I think Newcastle need to be applauded for for, for having a, having a, 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 a yeah I'll say a clean understanding of where they want to go rather than mm. different people you know going down different paths and expecting you know success which is which is never going to work because you all need to be pulling in the same direction. Yeah, just obviously finish going back onto on the field matters. We've spoken all about Anthony Gordon there, but but. Who else should uh, should Evertonians be be looking out for in this much changed Newcastle uh, lineup r- right now? And that, how do you think uh, Eddie Howell approaches game? Kieran Trippier is playing some fantastic football. Um, I know uh, he's thirty three; he's not quite as old as Ashley Young. So I was going to no. say a veteran full back, but he's still got five or six years on him. Um, he's playing the, the football of his career. Arguably, uh, Kieran Trippier he's unbelievable defensively going forward, set pieces. So he's going to be one to watch on Thursday. Bruno Gomes is back to his best, always wanting the ball. I've got Lewis Miley, a young lad in midfield, who's had a step up because of the injuries, but he looks he looks like a man who's 25, 26, not a 17-year-old. His football and brain's so clever. His touch is excellent. Uh, he's likely to start again on Thursday. And a, and a shout-out as well to, to Jamal Lasalle, another man who's had a step up because of the injuries, but he's just seemingly found another level. And... He looks like a, 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 a top-class Premier League defender now, which is which is quite something to say. Uh, in terms of the way how will approach this game, he'll be wanting to win the game. You know, every game Castle play, Eddie Howe wants those three points. I think he will be looking at it and accepting that the players might be a wee bit tired. So I think he'll try and go out and kill the game from from the word go. Press high, force Everton into 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 mistakes if they dare to pass the ball out from the back. And if, if if indeed Everton try and take the game to Newcastle, Newcastle are equally at home it, absorbing the pressure and hitting teams on the counter. We saw that against Chelsea. It was actually a really good mix of uh, how Newcastle play. They've got two different ways. They can take the ball, they can be patient with it, they can build up and then hit you. Or if need be, they can sit back, absorb pressure and then hit you on the counter. And um, that's the beauty of Newcastle United today. They've got a plan A and they've got a plan B. Yeah, and uh, obviously, yeah, that's alluded to before. We've we've just done our predictions on 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 your podcast. I mean, I stuck my neck account and explained the fact that I was going for one nil Everton because six out of ten wins under die should be one nil. I think we are due one at home. I, I presume you're going to stick. It's going to stick your, with your prediction. You're not going to you're not going to change that one now. You can explain that, that one for our viewers. Yeah, I'm I'm going with one one simply yeah. because Newcastle's away record is awful. And um, the same team is likely to start that started against Manchester United and that started against PSG the week before. Uh, PSG, there was no subs. My United, there was two subs, but one was for Nick Pope, who was the goalkeeper, he's injured. And one was Matt Ritchie coming on like the sixth, uh, six minutes before time. So they've not really had a break. Newcastle haven't really got the ability to change it up at all, unless it's youngsters, which Eddie Howe won't do. So I, I suspect the team will be the same other than Nick Pope. And they're going to be shattered. They're going to be tired. So I think that'll play an element. Um, and let's say the, the away form is, is is dire. So I'm going to go one-one. And if you can, if Newcastle can take a point against Everton, and then say they beat Spurs on Sunday, then it, 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 it's 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 a massive point. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Andrew, please, uh, a view from the, the northeast ahead of Everton versus Newcastle. I've been your host, Chris Beasley. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.